What's up, Win Daily family? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. And taking a different role for today, not the host, is my guy, Phil. Phil, what's up, man? Hey, not much. How are you, Andrew? It's nice to be here. It's a, it's a, it's a different spot for me, for sure, but... I'm excited to do the show with you. Thanks for asking me to help you out at the last minute. Yeah, no worries. We usually talk with Javi, but Javi had some obligations going on. He's, you know, recovering from his crazy weekend in Puerto Rico with the other guys. So uh, we're going to continue the show, though we didn't want you guys to have any less content going into a big week 16 where we have a lot of different games going on. We actually, what's really interesting about this week is we have a Saturday slate of three different games. And this is kind of going to be the topic of discussion for tonight is really talking about these three games. And so, Phil, my first question for you is with the approach of a smaller slate, so you only obviously have a limited player pool, it's a little bit smaller, does this change your strategy at all? You know, it kind of reminds you of the Thanksgiving slate a little bit. You have these three main games. So what is your kind of strategy when you approach a slate with just three games? Well, that Thanksgiving Day slate, I almost took down the pylon. Um, so I was pretty excited about that. I like the three game slate. It's a, you know what? There's a lot less margin for error. Um, we have some of the usual suspects from that Thanksgiving day. We have San Francisco and we have, uh, who else do we have here from that? I think, uh, the bills. Didn't we have the bills. Yeah. Well, I, I always fade the bills, so it's all <laughs> good. But, uh, at the end of the day, what I'm looking for is to do something, uh, semi-contrarian, I'm hoping to find a guy like Mostert from Thanksgiving. You know, it was really funny that you asked me to be on his show, and I was thinking about that because I had done my lineup about 5 a.m. that Thursday morning because as the content director, sometimes I don't get time to put my stuff together. And, and I took this flyer. I thought Mostert would get to run because Tevin Coleman was out, and I put him in there, and then I looked at your piece afterwards. I edited your piece, I think. And I said, hey, Andrew's on him too. So maybe he and I will be the only two that own him. And uh, that'll be a good thing. And, and that's what happened. But that's what you're looking for. You're looking for a monster, somebody who flies completely under the radar. I think he was less than 1% owned, Andrew. Um, that was a great call you made. And, and I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that guy that's less than 1% owned that can break the slate. And we have guys on this slate that can do that, I think. And it should be very fun on Saturday. Yeah, no, it should be fun. It's definitely a really fun way to spend a Saturday because, you know, there's no college football on, so we're going to, you know, engorge in a little bit more NFL action. So we'll, we'll dive into the first game here. Um, so this is a Houston at Tampa Bay. And, and one thing I'll note about this game, and this is something I noticed about the Thanksgiving Day slate as well. So the Thanksgiving Day slate, the game that I, you know, personally attacked the most was the Buffalo-Dallas game because that was the one game that was the one non-divisional game that was not a rematch. And okay. again, we're set up in the same scenario here where we have two divisional games, two of which are rematches from previous games earlier in the season except for one game. And that one game also happens to have the highest total um, at 50 with Houston visiting the Buccaneers. Um, the trend, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but, you know, it seems like the trends are usually – when teams face each other for a second time, especially divisional teams, it's usually the play is usually on the under. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's that's usually what happens because familiarity breeds contempt, and it also breeds low scores. It's right. like the Army Navy game, you know, two teams that run the triple option. Very rarely does that game go over the total. 
So that's what you have. So right. So and, and that's kind of what I get at this game. You know, the total itself obviously says you know fifty points that this is the highest total. Um, you know, from this slate. So this seems like the game that's really going to have a lot of action in it. Um, a lot of different pieces, and there's a lot of value here as well. Um, you know, looking at the wide receiver position and at the quarterback position. So the two most expensive quarterbacks are Jameis Winston, um, who's 6.9K on DraftKings, and James, and uh, Deshaun Watson, who's at $7,000. Um, do you have, is it just, you know, you play Watson in cash formats and you play Winston in GPPs? Is that kind of just the, the 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 approach here? Is Watson just the, clearly the better option just because he's going up against the Bucks defense? He has all of his weapons, or he should have all of his weapons. I know Will Fuller popped up on the injury report, um, but you know there's no Chris Godwin anymore now for the Buccaneers. So, are you hesitant at Winston at all? Not at all. In fact, I probably would uh, just play him as a silver bullet, a lone bullet. Maybe, maybe I play the tight ends. Maybe I, Howard kind of let me down. Um, maybe I go with the other guy, but you know. I don't play cash games, Andrew. I, I never have. I, I, I've been playing since the very beginning of uh, Daily Fantasy Sports with Daily Joust, if you ever remember that site. Some of you guys might remember that. But um, I like Winston. Watson's a safer choice, but I, I may fade both of them. I think those two are going to be the highest owned. The weather's going to be wet. On Friday, we're going to find out how windy it's going to be. And I think I may fade that game. Sometimes these games get built up to be this amazing thing, and they turn out to be flops. And I kind of feel like that might be the case in this one. we got two bad defenses, or I should say two banged-up defenses. Maybe not bad is a bad word, but banged up. So I suppose I may fade both of them. But if I had to choose between the two, I have to go with Jameis Winston. Winston was that guy on Thanksgiving, right? It wasn't Winston on Thanksgiving because it was the the Bills and the Cowboys, and it was right. it was Trubisky. Trubisky was a big play on Thanksgiving. Oh, I didn't. Um, I would never play him. So, uh, <laughs> well, it doesn't. I guess it, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, I finished eighth in the pylon. I was really excited. I thought I was going to win, but um, I, I would take if I had to choose between the two. I, I guess I would take Winston. I, I like Winston better. Watson sometimes scares me, and he spends a lot of time on his back, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he does. He holds onto the ball a lot often, and it's usually, you know, he gets a lot of slack for, or, you know, people blame his offensive line a lot of the time, but really, realistically, it's because he holds the ball for a while. And and one thing to note, too, about the Buccaneers' defense, um, they've been playing, like, better. Um, If you actually look at their numbers, you know, over the last four weeks, they've actually ranked, they rank top 10 um, in terms of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. They actually are right next to the New England Patriots in terms of fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position over the last four weeks. So number 10 is the Bucks and number nine is the New England Patriots. So I know a lot of people are going to be afraid to play Josh Allen, but it doesn't seem like people are going to be afraid to play Deshaun Watson. So I'd like your take there on kind of, you know, overlooking Watson, who seems like he's probably the safest quarterback when realistically, hey, you know, the Buccaneers defense is playing better and the Texans defense is the one that's actually been playing much worse. They've allowed, uh, they rank 26th against the quarterback over the last four weeks, um, and they're on the road. So, Well, right, yeah. See, again, it's the sacks. That makes me nervous because Watson, do you remember he had like, what was it, 28 sacks for the, through the first five games or six games? I mean, they've settled down a bit. They've gotten a little healthier maybe. But Watson spends way too much time. He holds the ball way too long, like you said. That was a good observation. And he's just a fade for me. I, I, if I had to choose between the two – 
I would go with Winston, but I'm not going to go with either one of them. I'll just save you that right now. All right, cool. I like that. Um, one last thing too to note, uh, mention as well. Um, I know we're we're pretty thin at tight end on this slate just in general. So you know, you mentioned the Buccaneers tight ends. I, I actually really like them as options, even if you don't necessarily play them with Winston, um, just because tight end is pretty thin on this slate in particular. The, Jameis Winston was actually quoted saying, you know, something along the lines of, "Yeah, the the Titans are going to eat this week." Like, like you know, you know, someone was asking him about you know missing Godwin, and he like pointed to to Cameron Brait and to OJ Howard and was like, "Yeah, no, those guys are going to get the ball this week." So, so that's one. I mean, he's the quarterback, so it's one thing to believe in coach speak, where a coach says, you know, this is what we're going to do. But it's like, you know, Jameis Winston ultimately has the ball in his hands, um, so he ultimately does decide who who gets the ball um, from his throws. And last thing as well, uh, Darren Fells um, on the Houston Texans. Uh, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been pretty bad against tight ends this year. They're ranked fourth worst in terms of fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. So uh, probably the Buccaneers tight ends will probably get more ownership. Um, but if you're looking to get a little bit weirder, uh, Darren Fells has been, you know, kind of Deshaun Watson's guy in the red zone. Um, he's got a lot of touchdowns this season. Any other thoughts, uh, Phil, on this game before we move on to the next one? I would probably go with Cameron Bray. He's had, what, seven targets in the last two weeks, seven each game. So we got to like him a little bit. OJ Howard, I, I got to fade him, dude. He cost me money. So he's on, <laughs> he's on my he's on my dead-to-me list forever. But, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, um, when you're looking at this later, and I know we're going to talk about this game in a minute, you know the guy who could be really sneaky this week is Ben Watson. Um, I think he could be very, very sneaky. He didn't get any targets last week. No one's going to play him. He's 2600 bucks. And if he catches two passes, and if he gets one in the end zone, you're gonna you're gonna win you're gonna win some money. Yeah, no, Ben Ben Watson is an extremely thin play this week, just because you know the Patriots' offense um, has been you know erratic at best. Um, it honestly goes back to you know Tom Brady might be dealing with uh, this elbow injury. Um, just the last couple of weeks, you know, kind of when he popped up on the injury report, you know, maybe, you know, we kind of look, look overlook some of these injuries sometimes, um, but it, it may be really affecting his, you know, his game because he's missing guys like left and right. And, you know, he's not, you know, really looking, he's getting sacked a lot. He's getting hit in, in the pocket. He doesn't want to get hit. And so that's what's making basically hole into the ball. You know, Brady actually has the most, you know, so if you look at the target distribution, basically it's Julian Edelman at the top, James White. And then the the third most targeted receiver is the sideline for the for the Patriots, uh, which which is which is throwaways. So Brady's right, thrown the ball away more than he's ever done, um, you know, as a Patriot basically as an NFL starter. Um, and it just goes goes to show, you know, who there's there's no trust. Um, and Edelman is super banged up. Um, so yeah, I guess I mean like if you're you know they need pass catchers and and. I mean, from a trust standpoint, Ben Watson is, you know, this is his second stint with the Patriots. So, I mean, there is some chemistry there with Brady. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, you, you talk me into it a little bit, Phil. Maybe I talk myself into it. But, yeah, no, Ben Watson, I think that that's definitely uh, definitely worth considering. Um, so, I know you didn't like either of the quarterbacks on the first game we talked about. So, is it Josh Allen, the quarterback that you like? Never. <laughs> I don't like him either. No, you know what? You know, the, the funny thing is uh, – I, Jason and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. The sneakiest play on earth is Tom Brady anymore because no one seems to take him because of the offense is sputtering. Or maybe he's injured or maybe he doesn't care or maybe they just do enough to win. But, uh, you know, he could break the slate this week. He could he could do some damage, but the problem is, is are they going to allow him to do that? 
you know, because I think Belichick still calls the plays over there. But man, I, I don't want to say I don't want. No, no, no. I, I want nothing to do with these Buffalo people. Um, and I don't want anything to do with them against the New England Patriots. I, I, I respect that defense, even though they've had their ups and downs the last few weeks. I still respect that defense too much. So, um, Josh Allen, you're probably a nice kid. I'm sure your mother loves you, but I'm gonna not. I'm gonna have to fade you again this week. <laughs> All right. So, but you do like. So you like Brady though as a guy. Yeah, he's definitely gonna be probably the lowest owned quarterback. You know, if that, if not Josh Allen. Um, you know, he is coming. He's the cheapest quarterback on DraftKings at 5200. So you could definitely, you know, build around him. For sure, for sure. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah. Look at the look at the money you save. You could you could stack you could put you could put Tom Brady by himself and just basically get whoever you want. Yeah, and, and I think too, you know, he is at home. You know, he traditionally does play better at home as the the New England the New England quarterback. And and one thing to mention too is you can you know, for example, if you know Edelman is limited, you know, it's pretty easy to stack him, you know, if you wanted to, you know, build an upside with some of the lower valued wide receivers so Muhammad Sanu who actually had eight targets last week he only caught two of them but he still had you know eight targets um he was still getting a lot of action from Tom Brady with Edelman who was dealing with his injury and then Nikhil Harry who you know base has basically caught two touchdowns over the last two weeks you know one of them didn't count um but last week he did catch a touchdown and he's actually kind of he he leapfrogged Philip Dorsett um, as that number two wide receiver or number three receiver behind Sanu and Edelman. So they're really starting to get Nikhil Harry a little bit more involved, which, you know, as a Patriots fan, I've been screaming at them to do, you know, when they've been out running out Jacoby Myers, and I'm pulling my hair out and be like, guys, like he's an undrafted rookie free agent for a reason. Like use the first round rookie pick that you drafted Nikhil Harry, like he's good. Um, so I'm glad to see that they are involving him more, but he's coming in. He's really cheap. Um, so he's right around the 4K range. Um, so he's a guy I like that you would stack with uh, Tom Brady, especially because he is a guy that is a big red zone guy. You know, it's hard to believe that Philip Dorsett is $3,100. I mean, he's kind of fallen off the off the cliff since he uh, got hurt. I, I don't know what to say about that. You're, you're a Patriots fan. What's the story with that? So with Dorsett, the thing with him is he has to basically be wide open uh, to, to do anything. Like he's fast on the perimeter, but he doesn't make contested catches he doesn't really, you know, create separation. He's just fast. And really, realistically, it's just a matter of, you know, he can just get behind a defender and then, you know, Brady will hit him and he usually will catch the ball if it's, like, perfectly thrown. Um, but I think that ultimately was basically, like, they know that they need to get Nikhil Harry more involved. And that's what they've kind of seen with his more involvement. He's leapfrogged a little bit from Dorsett taking over in the three receiver sets um, alongside Sanu and Edelman. Cole Beasley's forty eight hundred. You got any interest in him? Because I, I might, I might have to take him because he gets a lot of targets. Yeah, no, I liked Cole Be- the Cole Beasley. Interestingly enough, so I mean, John Brown is basically he's going to get the Stephon Gilmore treatment. So like, I, I can't, I can, I can't get behind playing John Brown. I think John Brown's a good player, but like Stephon Gilmore is like on another level um, as a defensive back, and I, I don't see any, I don't see the Patriots not putting Gilmore on John Brown. And with Cole Beasley, he actually had a season high in targets the last time these two teams played each other. He had 12 targets. Um, he had 75 receiving yards. And Cole Beasley's kind of been Josh Allen's guy, like, in the red zone. 
Um, they right. do a lot of different things there. You know, their tight end isn't, you know, Dawson Knox. He's a rookie. He, he hasn't really done too much this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Cole Beasley. I think that, you know, again, it goes back to kind of like you just look at Cole Beasley. And I think and I played Cole Beasley on the Thanksgiving slate, and, I, and he, he got a touchdown. He had a revenge game against the, the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm all for going back to Cole Beasley this week. Um, he's going to get the underneath targets. They're not going to, you know, the Patriots' MO is they always try to take away your number one weapon, and I, I seriously doubt that Belichick is like, all right, we, you know, in the in the meetings, he's like, we've got to stop Cole Beasley this week. Like, I, can, I, I can't guarantee what they're going to do, but I can probably guarantee that they're not going to do that. So I, I like Cole Beasley to get a lot of targets in this game. Um, I think he can definitely, you know, get, you know, you know, six to seven receptions, 75 yards, maybe 100 yards receiving, um, and he can get in the end zone. And people just don't really play Cole Beasley because of the, the name. He's a slot white wide receiver, and people are just like, oh, he doesn't have any upside. But it's like, well, if he gets 75 yards and a touchdown, like, that's pretty good. Well, if they don't ever watch the Cowboys play, he was uh, Dak Prescott's guy until he got hurt. So, I mean, I don't know why people fade him. I, he's one of the few Bills I like. I suppose I, I have some love for Singletary, but not much. I mean, 5500 is a great price for him. But let's be honest, what's he going to do against the Patriots defense? Not much, probably. Yeah, so Singletary is interesting because he – so we saw you – know, the Patriots have actually you know struggled a little bit against the run. Uh, they got run over pretty badly last week by Joe Mixon, um, who rushed for over 130 yards. And the thing with Singletary, though, is he's a very low like touchdown projection because – you never know. First of all, obviously they're, they're playing the Patriots defense, so like you don't get a lot of opportunities to score against the Patriots. So that's reason number one. And then number two, the Josh Allen sometimes will take goal line carries himself, or they'll put Frank Gore in the game. So like there's like a lot of options where he doesn't see a lot of touchdown equity. And the thing with him is he doesn't really have that like super explosive profile. So where it's like we don't really see Devin Singletary like ripping off like a sixty yard touchdown run. Like that's not really in his you know, realm of outcomes, and basically is kind of what I'm saying. So that's why Singletary's like, it's hard to see him really blow up in this spot, but like, as a guy that's going to get a lot of touches, and maybe that's what makes him more of a contrarian play against a, a good run defense, you know, if you're on Singletary in the game that he does, you know, score three touchdowns, like, you know, this would be, you know, this would be the spot where no one would be on him. That makes sense. So um, is there anybody else you like in this game? No, not really. I mean, this game, again, is at a 37.5, so it's the lowest total. And, and these two teams always play, like, really defensive. I mean, Vegas has this game as being a defensive struggle, and that's realistically what it probably will most likely be. Um, you know, these teams know each other, um, and Brady's, especially with Sean McDermott as the, the head coach in Buffalo, he's played Brady pretty well um, over the past couple of years, so... Um, th- yeah, that's really it for for me. I, I can't get behind any the the Patriots backfield right now is just too confusing um, with Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Again, I would you know another guy I would stack with potentially is J- James White because he always seems to end up you know finding the end zone and he's right. and he's right behind Edelman in terms of targets. So let's say Edelman misses or is banged up again, you know James White is the number you know bona fide number one target for for Tom Brady. Um, so I do like James White. I do too. I like him too, and his price is okay, fifty eight hundred. He's going to see a lot of ink. So that, and when I say that, I mean ink in the paper on on Sunday morning when they talk about him scoring a touchdown, because that's what usually happens. My favorite game is this one we're going to talk about. All right, so we got the Los Angeles Rams visiting the San Francisco Forty Nine ers. Total is at forty six, with the Forty Nine ers favored by six and a half. 
Um, so basically, you know, you have the 49ers in a pretty much bounce back spot, it looks like. They basically, you know, they flopped last week against the Falcons. They they should have won that game. They were at, you know, at home. Um, and they pretty much blew it against the Falcons team that has that had four wins going in. Um, so I guess, and I think people may be off of Garoppolo in this spot a little bit because they're worried. You know, we saw Garoppolo two weeks ago against the Saints, just like totally lighted up. We saw like the, the peak 49ers offense with Debo Samuel and Emmanuel Sanders and, and George Kittle and everybody, and they all like blew up, had great games. And then last week, we, we saw a disappointment against a, a Falcons defense that really hasn't been that good this year. So now we've come in with the Rams, who are another team that seems to be really up and down, but the Rams are on the road, and the 49ers defense definitely will present challenges for one Jared Goff. Oh, yeah, but I'm all in on Jimmy Garoppolo again this week. Second week in a row. He can't let me down two weeks in a row. <laughs> Well, he could, I guess, but I, I don't think that's likely. I, I don't trust the Rams. I don't trust their defense. I don't trust their offense. Uh, I like Todd Gurley. I like the fact that they're running the ball a little bit more. But, no, if it's – this San Francisco 49ers defense is the real, legit thing. Whatever. Forget about Atlanta. Atlanta was in the Super Bowl two years ago. So, I mean, and their core is still pretty much there. I mean, so them going off – Unlikely as it was, it wasn't really that big of a shock because they can. But I don't trust this Rams team. And I think the 49ers are going to smash them, and I think it's going to go over the total, and I think Garoppolo is going to break the slate for me. I like it. I, I, I do like that call right there. I think that a lot of times, you know, and I've kind of noticed this when I do, like, my showdown breakdowns. You know, we, we talk about, like, you know, we're going to, you know, talk about this team and we're going to, you know, build our core around, you know, example for the, the Monday night game, you know, I was, I was researching that game and really like the core I found that worked a lot of best in my builds was just building around Saints players and then just kind of like throwing back, you know, a Colts player to bring it back because I didn't really feel like the game was going to be super competitive. I thought that the Saints were clearly the better team. They were at home and it really kind of played out more as like a Saints onslaught where it's like you just play all the Saints guys and you need to play zero Colts. You know, if it wasn't for that last touch, I mean, the Colts were virtually shut out um, except for that last touchdown they got at the end of the game. So that's kind of, I agree with you. I think that's kind of what we're going to see here, more or less a kind of 49ers onslaught where, you know, you're not really looking to play a lot of Rams players because I don't know how many points the Rams are going to put up especially with Jared Goff, you know, being harassed by got by that defensive line and the 49ers are getting healthy. You know, Richard Sherman's going to be back. You know, that's the other thing, you know, people are going to kind of overlook the fact that the 49ers were missing tons of defensive players last week. Um they were missing their two top, two top cornerbacks, so obviously, you know, that's why Julio Jones like had a huge game. Um so I'm not so sure that we're going to see that again from you know, the likes of Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Brandon Cooks, who, you know, they those guys have been super inconsistent all year. Um, the only really player I like here is just Todd Gurley, really, because he's just getting, you know, as weird as it sounds, you know, Sean McVay's finally starting to feed the guy, you know, after pretty much they've been eliminated from the playoffs, which seems kind of productive because that was the whole point of him, you know, holding back Todd Gurley in the beginning of the year because he wanted to save him for a playoff run. And, and goal and behold, uh, it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, sometimes it backfires on us. I've been coaching for 35 years. Tennis, though, same kind of thing. You still got to, you know, put your players in the right spots. Sometimes uh, it doesn't work out. And I think McVay's a nice coach, but, you know, I think they went too far last year when they weren't supposed to. And I think maybe they got some big heads over there. But San Francisco's a different team. Shanahan's a different kind of coach. 
you know, he's a, he's a pedigree prodigy type kid. And he's been around football and NFL locker rooms since he was two years old. So he understands his players. I think they like him. But that defense, that defense is the real legit McCoy. And, and I might end up playing their defense against the Rams. I may. Or I probably go with the Patriots. We'll see. But I like this game a lot. And, and I like the, the receivers I like, though, with Garoppolo. Be ready for this, kids. This is going to be dangerous. I'm going to go with Emmanuel Sanders. That's my first guy. And Debo Samuel. I'll run them both back together with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to fade Kittle. You're going to fade Kittle. All right. I have to. He fumbled the ball, man. <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, and, and really, that's kind of what really happened last week. Basically, it was all Kittle. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo only threw for like a, a buck. 50 and right it was like 100 no it was funny i was watching the red zone with my friends and literally every time it turned to this game 49ers game it was like another pass to, to george kittle another pass to george kittle i was like dude like how many yards does this guy have and then to check the statues like he literally has like 80 percent of jimmy garoppolo's yards <laughs> so well, so they're yeah. gonna try to stop him you oh, know yeah. i have uh i had jimmy garoppolo on my fantasy team and uh i, I was in first place the whole year dude and I lost all three of my receivers, Marvin Jones, Ridley, and I lost uh, – who was the other one I lost? Um, was it Evans? Yeah, Evans. Yeah, damn. Oh, you must have heard me crying about it on the podcast. <laughs> this is awful. A triple hit. I should have won that league. I should have won a lot of money, but instead I didn't. But um, I, I like this 49ers team. The Rams, forget about them. They're not going to do anything. I think they're going to lick their chops on the way home to Los Angeles because they're going to lose this game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that yeah, you wanna you wanna go heavy on 49ers guys um, because I think they're gonna it's gonna be a a bloodbath. And I think that the 49ers defense, I think that I like that call there um, as a defense that can potentially break the slate. I like a uh, a nice fourth quarter pick six from a, a Richard Sherman. I think that we could see that coming for for Jared Goff. <laughs> oh, we could definitely see that. But you know, the other thing too, Andrew, is that uh, so many people play the totals. And they're going to be playing Houston, Tampa Bay. And I think this last game at night at 8.15 p.m. on uh, four or five days before Christmas is going to get a lot of guys in trouble. And they're going to want to just play their first game. And that's what they're going to do. And these guys, especially the Rams and the 49ers players, are going to be low-owned. Um, I think even some New England players will be higher-owned because it's the timing and everything. So I think I think I'm in the right path with the 49ers on Tuesday night. Yeah, no, I think I think you're spot on. I really do think that the ownership, especially with you know, probably across all positions, especially at quarterback, though, you know, I have to say probably like seventy percent of lineups are going to either have Deshaun Watson or Jameis Winston. So automatically there, if you have Garoppolo and he outscores both those guys, then you're in real good shape. And if you have, and I'll tell you what, if you have Tom Brady and he goes off, you're going to win. You're no one's going to come close to you. Right, because exactly. Brady still has that. I mean, who's going to play him though? I, I think it's going to go. What is it going to go? Do you think it's going to be Watson first, Winston second, most owned, then perhaps uh, Jared Goff, number three, then perhaps Tom Brady or Kyle Allen, number four, uh, New England's quarterback Tom Brady, and I think I think Garoppolo is going to be the lowest owned of them all. 
I like it. That's what we got to go with, Jimmy. Jimmy G, baby, bringing us Jimmy G. to the promised land, <laughs> or or back to the crap house because he got me this last weekend. But you know what? That's the beautiful thing about DFS is that you can you can start with a new team every week, and, and but thankfully I have one this week because that my team was great too, and I was so disappointed, man. Wow, I couldn't believe it. I'm still crying about it. Oh hey, you know I got I cried when Drew Brees basically destroyed one of my teams last. I went into the oh. I went into the night with a like it was like a I, I with a solid lead it was up by like thirty five points and but then I saw the reports about Sean Payton and that ta- that uh, Drew Brees was you know f- three or four touchdowns away from the touchdown record and I was like and I looked at their schedule and I realized this was their last home game and I was like oh no Sean Payton's gonna get them the record because they're at home this week and they don't want to do it on the road and I was just like oh god like the only way I was like all right he's gonna throw at least three touchdowns so it was a matter of can he keep the yardage down and he's you know he's still through for like 300 yards it doesn't help that the Colts defense just like was just absolutely garbage um but yeah that's another thing to that is one narrative though that potentially could be the reason that Brady lights it up if Brady throws four touchdowns, then he overtakes Breeze as the all-time touchdown leader. So we shall see, Phil. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, but I tell you what, this is going to be a fun day on Saturday. And, and thankfully, there'll be other people to talk about Sunday because I'm getting tired to talk about football. I'm ready to talk a little hoops. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Saturday's slate, and I hope all of you are too. And it'll be the first non-Thursday game, thankfully, and we'll be good. Yeah, I get a little bit more time to write it up on an article for the website. So, yeah, I will be writing up some content, you know, talking about some of the things we talked about here and then some more of the numbers in the for you stat nerds out there so we can build the lineups for Saturday. Um, but that's it for me, Andrew Erickson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore Phil. Any other, any other thoughts or, you know, news for the people? None, really. Um, just come on over to Win Daily. Uh, we're, we're seeing an increase in our podcast listeners and in our readership and in our subscribers. And that's a great thing. If you guys would take the time to write a review for this podcast, because the guys work really hard to bring this to you. No one gets paid to do this podcast. We do it because we want to make sure that you get the most content that you possibly can. And and since I've taken over as content director from Scott Engel, who did a hell of a job, I got to say, I've seen, we've seen so much more content uh, people are talking about it, and it's only twenty bucks a month. That's all I have to say, Andrew. All right, twenty bucks best spent on Win Daily Sports. Go check it out. Go check out the content. We got tons of stuff. We got tons of stuff tonight, tomorrow night, all night. You know, every day new content. So make sure you guys go check us out, and let's keep winning daily. 